yeah, it's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy, original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player value. Hosted by John Paul Hurley and Izzy Alcabas. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. Izzy, we're on like a, a damn hot streak here. It's This is three in a row for us. This is the first time we've recorded three shows in a row, back-to-back-to-back weeks since the mid-70s. <laughs> yeah. Impressive stuff. Kind of feels like it, though, right? Yeah, it does. honestly, it does. Uh, this one actually feels good, though. The other two were pretty good. The first one was kind of like we were kind of rusty. Last week was okay, like good. I think we were kind of getting the wheels back. And this week is very, uh, very special. It is the maybe the, the eighth annual Bold Predictions podcast. And, and, and we were just talking with uh, our guests, who I'll introduce in a moment here. But we, I think we need to come up with a different naming convention from Bold Predictions because we're there's going to be a lot of them. Everybody's doing their bold predictions this time of year. So we got to come up with a different naming convention for this show. What do you, what do you got for suggestions? Oh, yeah, that's put me on the spot here. Um, unexpected expectations. That's pretty good. Synonyms for bold, uh, daring, intrepid, courageous, brave, valiant, fearless, unafraid, fearless forecasts. Okay, fearless forecasts. There we go. <laughs> oh, we nailed it. Welcome, everybody, to the 2023 Fearless Forecast DTC podcast episode. We're very excited. Uh, I'm going to introduce myself and my co host here, but first, we're going to do uh, things in a little bit different order. Joining us, Dynasty Nerds Mega Mind, Rich Dotson. Rich, welcome back once again to the show. I think this is like your fifth or sixth or seventh appearance. I mean, not enough. If you ask me, in my personal opinion, it's just not enough. But yeah, I'm here. I'm here. It's happy to be back. I love seeing your guys' faces. I love talking fantasy football with you guys. So it's great to be back on the uh, Dynasty Trades Calculator podcast. And I'm glad uh, we have the Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast still rolling out here. So it's good to uh, see you two boys talking Dynasty. It's good that I'm on here. Uh, kind of like expect to be the third host eventually. But you know, I'm just I'm working my way in there. <laughs> we got to do that. We got to do that. I think you're I would I might prefer you ahead of Jonas Gray at this point, which is really hard for me to say that I, I, we had a we had an in with Jonas Gray being a permanent fixture on the show. But I, I prefer Rich Dotson. <laughs> I heard all about it. Well, like I said, I'm one of your hosts, John Paul Hurley. Also joining me, Izzy, the Pharaoh Fantasy Alcafoss. What's up, Izzy? What up? What's going on? We got this going, man. You got some you got some uh, fearless forecasts ready to go, locked and loaded? I do. Are you feeling extra fearless? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Well, take your shirt off. We're going to jump right into it here. Uh, I think we should probably just run down by position. Um, I'm going to start with quarterback. I'm trying to figure out a, a way to make it not so anticlimactic and finish with tight end. So do you guys want to do running back or wide receiver last? Um, let's go with wide receivers last okay quarterback running back tight end wide receiver ready set go um i'm gonna start this off with izzy izzy what do you got for your quarterback fearless forecast your yeah. first your first freaking fearless forecast so we touched a little bit on this last week uh or i i guess i did but i my first one is desmond ritter will finish as a top 16 quarterback. So he's, I think he's a, right now he's going 31st based on projections on multi, between 30 and 32nd, basically. He's he's near the bottom 
everywhere you look in terms of expected fantasy points for this year. Uh, I'm much higher on him than just about everybody, I feel. I I, I was going to go. I was going to make it extra bold and go top 12. I just don't think that's going to happen. So, or excuse me, extra fearless. So I'm I'm keeping <laughs> the the bungee cord attached on this one, and I'm going with top 16 Desmond Ritter. I just view it as the line is arguably top five. Uh, you could it's several different sources will have them top five. You have the running back of the century, uh, Bijan. I guess Barkley's technically the running back. Who's a who's a better prospect? Is it Barkley or Bijan? Saquon. Rich? I think they're pretty close. Who who when they came when they came, who had the most high? I, I think Hurley might be right. Might be Barkley. Yeah, I think so, Saquon made it up to top three running backs as a rookie before he even took a snap, and Bijan is uh well, well Bijan's there too, Bichon's, isn't he? Yeah, Bijan's already there. But I'm just talking about the hype leading in. I, I feel like they're yeah. they gotta be pretty close. But I've had three running backs, rookie running backs that came out, and at the time that they came out, that I was they immediately went to my running back one overall in Dynasty. And the only three running backs ever do that for me are Zeke Elliott, uh Saquon Barkley, and now Bijan Robinson. So it's not no, it's not lying. Go back and listen to my podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're capping. <laughs> I think you're. Ca- I think yeah, you're Captain like America to, right I now. I like to run into people's butts. Did you not have T. Rich as your dynasty running back one as he, as a rookie? Being a being a big no, Browns no, fan, no. we got to no. give listeners some context. Uh, here. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to no, figure out a way to fact check this. I'm uh, Captain America over here. I don't do. I don't. I don't bump players. Oh, the first I ever bumped was oh, Baker stop. Mayfield. Okay, it's only <laughs> one. I was, I was about to go there. So you're bumping something else <laughs> while you're bumping Baker. <laughs> 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 so I just view it they got Bijan they invested in Drake London they invested in Kyle Pitts the projections for Desmond Ritter just going on ESPN is 2,700 yards and 14 touchdowns I just I feel like with a top five offensive line with Bijan with Drake London with Kyle Pitts I, I just I can't imagine him being that bad I've always talked We've always talked about quarterbacks. They don't necessarily every quarterback that makes the NFL is is a good quarterback, right? They were a good college quarterback. And I feel like a lot of the differences between players that have success in the NFL and they don't is the situation that's around them. It's usually a bad offensive line, bad weapons, they lose confidence, so on and so forth. Like we saw Case Keenum back in was it 17 Hurley, uh Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, we saw it with Nick Foles when they went to the Super Bowl in Philly. Um, it's just, you could have, even Carson Wentz, who's looked absolutely horrid outside of his first couple of years in Philly, which clearly was good talent surrounded because Nick Foles also played well. It a, a, a good, an average quarterback looks good with a good supporting cast. So I'm putting my eggs not only in the Desmond, the fact that he has mobility, which is the what we need for the Konami exercise. Uh, but he's he has everything around him to be successful. He he just needs to be decent for him to outkick his thirty first or thirty thirty first rank where most people have him. So top sixteen Desmond Ritter, I think he will skyrocket up draft boards and startups next year. So twenty seven hundred yards feels like a pretty low projection. You're saying where, where was yeah, that? Source? I mean, that's that, this. I'm just looking on ESPN. So twenty seven hundred means that he's putting up 
what is that 170 a game yeah it sounds like they need to get they need to get rid of their stat forecaster well yeah i think part of it too is they have heineke at at uh at 800 so they're expecting the falcons quarterbacks to be at basically with 17 games 200 yards a game yeah so 200 yards a game is seems a little light for that offense but okay who knows all right i would like to i would like you to take all that information and just put brock purdy's name uh in front of that instead of desmond ritter and it all is he's probably okay with that I, I i don't mind brock yeah i mean i mean everything you said about ritter you know um about the talent around him the scheme that you're in and how important head coach is i mean it's it's really why brock purdy uh he finished where he was last year i think he was a quarterback one quarterback nine overall somewhere in this, that last six game stretch that he played uh, and it's because of kyle shannon's system we've seen it over the years what kyle shannon could do with even quarterbacks like brian hoyer wherever he goes uh he'll find fancy football success with how much motion and movement they use in their offense to get, keep the defense on their toes you know, with Desmond Ritter, for me, I'm just – he doesn't bring rushing ability. Uh, he doesn't really rush the ball. Uh, he, but he, he, ran, he ran a 4-5. So we know he, he, ha- he has the ability to run. He just doesn't. Do they unlock that? Yeah, he didn't run a lot last year. You'd be, like, he didn't have any, like, schemed runs. It was all, like, improvised. He threw the ball away. Um, I just don't think it worries me about – like, I don't – you know, Ritter, it's not just his accuracy, too. It's just – it's kind of – I feel like with Arthur Smith, there is they're just gonna feed Bijan. Like they're just gonna feed him behind the offensive line, protect it. I think Kyle Pitts is gonna be somewhat disappointing, probably to some people again this year, because um, the offense that he runs, which is yeah, we're gonna run the football a ton. Um, I think Bijan has a chance to be the number one. Like if you want to be bold, like but feeding Bijan is, I think, is good for Ritter. No, hundred percent. But I think that would just it's gonna be hard without like you know it's kind of like those PPR running backs, right? Like without that Russian floor from the quarterback, um, you have to be a really good pocket passer to kind of get into that echelon of quarterbacks because some of those Russian quarterbacks just boost their fantasy football overall production because of that. And we're gonna see a lot of those guys this year. So, but hey, this is fearless forecast. So <laughs> you know none of these are gonna be like normal takes. They all got to be something bold fearless intrepid uh we got we got to get out there and uh put ourselves out there yeah, yeah we're, we're dip, yeah. digging in the checks bold mix here guys so I, I agree with that um rich you talked about purdy briefly is purdy your quarterback bold prediction or you got somebody else yeah i mean i feel like purdy's kind of like a weak one um it's not too fearless i suppose because people but i guess for where he's going in drafts i think people i know my co-host matt um o'hara uh, he had him as in, in his top 12 overall fantasy football quarterbacks this year. And it's, again, it makes sense to me because, you know, if you want to be, go for a fearless prediction and, and saying Brock Purdy's going to finish once again in the top 14 overall fantasy football quarterbacks and a quarterback doesn't get down with his legs, it's just because everything Izzy said beforehand, um, like I, I really did mean that. You could put that in front of Brock Purdy's name, you know, a good offensive line, a dynamic running game, and not just a dynamic running game, but a pass catcher running back. That's going to help Desmond Ritter too boost his stats up with a guy like Bijan that can run real good routes. When you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, he's going to boost your passing um, overall just because he's he's capable of catching a thousand yards receiving. Then you go out there and you have a George Kittle, you have a Brandon Ayuk, and you have a Debo Samuel. Those weapons around him in that scheme, in that system, is enough if he just goes in there and does his job, which is what he's done so far to earn 
that that job overall. That puts you in a really good position to score a lot of fancy football points. I mean, he they have a really good defense. So they're consistently in good uh, position on the field out there, getting the ball back and have a lot of opportunity. He's playing the NFC. The NFC is kind of weak. Uh, not a lot of good teams out there. So, yeah, I think it, it's, it's pretty fearless to say that Brock Purdy can be a top 14 overall fantasy football quarterback. And it's, it's hard to, like, munch on mm-hmm. that, you know, but it's, it, it's really there. I, I feel way more confident about, you know, some of these other guys like, uh, a Desmond Ritter, uh, a Sam Howell, who I expect could possibly get it done with his legs. You know, if you're, if you're going to get real fearless out there, we're looking at the guys that haven't really um, jumped into the echelon. But Purdy's done it. That's why I don't know how fearless it is, because when he was on the field, that's what he was. He was a quarterback one. Yep, I like that Purdy mm-hmm. prediction. Um, Izzy, I'm going to do one here, too. Um, I've just got one for quarterbacks, but do you, I'm sure you have some more. So maybe we'll just do like our favorite one for each position and then honorable mentions or just like yeah, anything else that you have and I'll document them. I'm good with it. Um, mine is, and I haven't heard a lot of guys talking about this or gals. Um, I believe that Justin Fields will finish 2023 as a top three fantasy quarterback. Um, and here's why he's got the second easiest strength of schedule against the run and the second easiest strength of schedule against the pass in the NFL. And last year he rushed for 1143 yards. Um, I could see that being bumped. And I think he might have had arguably uh, a vastly improved wide receiver core um, alongside of a vastly deproved. What's the opposite of improved? Deteriorated? Sure. Google it. Running back core. I will Google it in a second. Running back core. I think Roshan's fine. Herbert's fine. But um, arguably, they've, they've kind of dropped down a peg at the running back position. Um, so I see leaning on Justin Fields and having kind of a heyday I, I i'm hoping that his passing game will improve with some uh um ad- additional weapons but yeah justin fields 2023 a top three fantasy quarterback love it yeah i can't argue that whatsoever i think i think another guy who i would talk about jumping like way back into the frame as well um a guy like yeah here it is homerism uh deshaun watson I think he's going to be in position to jump back into that top five where he sat pretty comfortably uh, for all those years in Houston. And, you know, the, the Cleveland offense, they're running a lot of empty sets out here. They're going to open the ball, the uh, field up a ton. You know, they brought Jordan Akins in to go with Njoku. And you're talking about weapons with Donovan Peoples Jones, Elijah Moore, and Amari Cooper. And Nick Chubb, they're going to really use him in the passing game as well. I think him. And again, it's his rushing ability, too. This is to make a rush for 30 to 50 yards per game. And those are when I'm looking at quarterbacks, like, that's the juice for me. Like what quarterbacks, that's why I love Daniel Jones so much. I've always loved him because of his athleticism and the way he's able to run the football. And we saw what he did last year, put him in like quarterback nine. So quarterbacks that bring that to the table are like same thing with the running backs for me, like those pass catching running backs. Like those are some of the safest guys you can get week in, week out, and a pretty consistency, uh, pretty consistent. When you get consistency, um, that all t- told us up at the end of the year. Those are the guys that end up at the top. I know it's not the points per game, um, that we're always looking for those high end, but you know, I I'll take consistency for my number twos or my, my backup guys every single day of the week that I can put in my lineup and know that they can give me that, you know, even slow, low numbers, but double digit points week in and week out. So I think Deshaun Watson is going to reenter that phase of super flex, uh, top tier round one quarterback. I like it. I, um, Izzy, I'm curious to see if you have any comments to add about Deshaun Watson. I remember last year, I was off of him as he came back. I was kind of citing, I was just like my, my concerns with his rustiness. And um, he was a little bit slow to start when he returned. And it was kind of a nice window to buy him. Like you had like a few months, a few, like several uh, weeks of football 
uh, to be able to buy him. And that window has uh, closed pretty hard uh, during the offseason, obviously. Yeah, he was terrible. It was terrible, yeah. but it was, it was the great kind of terrible. Like, this, this is the, you know he's going to bounce back. And just week after week, and Can't owners are just getting furious with, like, his production, and they might need it because they might be a contender. And you might be able to, you know, give up somebody that's putting up stats to be able to get him last year. But, yeah, that's that window's closed. The, the way is shut. Yeah, so you you asked me a question, but I don't know where the question was. I just asked you if you had any comments on the Deshaun oh. Watson take. Yeah, you know, like, so Rich has a better pulse. I'm curious, Rich, what has the the commentary been on Deshaun Watson this offense, uh, offseason? Has it been positive? Like, I, I haven't heard much about it. Has he looked back to form from Houston, or is he still rusty? All positive. Um, you know, when he comes out here, they're in practice. He's putting the ball where only the receiver can catch it. Him and Njoku, uh, we've seen David Njoku get better every single year of his career. Uh, caught over 70% of his balls last year. And, yeah, I mean, he's looked really good. He, he's looked like the best quarterback I've seen pretty much in my entire life here in a Cleveland Browns uniform, and I'm 44 years Baker? old. So, I mean, barely, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, so, he's coming out there. It's just, this is somebody who... Um, you know, when I look at, and you look at Deshaun too, this is somebody you would expect to be bad last year, right? Coming in from the situation he was, I don't, who knows what's going on in this dude's head, hasn't played football in two years, but besides that, if you take that away, um, it's not just something easy to take it away. So I'm not just kind of, I'm not trying to abracadabra it. Right. But you know, this is somebody who, when he was in high school was extremely successful, goes to Clemson pretty much kind of put Clemson back on the map, right? He goes there, loses to Alabama, but still goes to the national championship, comes back the next year and beats Alabama in the national championship, goes to Houston with a bunch of turd fergs around him mm -hmm. and still plays very, very well there. So this is somebody who's been, you know, not beyond good, right? Like top tier good his entire life. So with the, this is going to be the best team he's ever played on, a really good offensive line, arguably the best running back in the NFL, um, the best receiving court he'll ever have. I mean, I know he had DeAndre Op DeAndre Hopkins, but this is going to be a really good um, receiving core for him as well. So, yeah, I mean, all reports here out of Cleveland so far have been nothing but positive. Um, I know we're not getting like, you know, in the me national media, nobody's talking about really Cleveland that much. But here, you know, we're pretty positive. I mean, if you want a bold prediction, my bold prediction is the Cleveland Browns are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's my bold prediction. And it's not, and it's not just because of Deshaun Watson. Um, it's also just because of, you know, when you look at the top four teams that were in the AFC and NFC championships last year, they all ranked in the top tier when it comes to defensive and offensive lines, right? That's where you win football games at the line of scrimmage. And what the Browns been able to do, bringing in Zadarius Smith from, um, you know, Minnesota, uh, where you guys are from and Okanakwo and then bringing, uh, Shelby Harris and Dalvin Thomas and that defensive line is going to be unbelievable. And those bookend defensive ends could, are arguably the best two bookend defensive ends in the whole NFL. Uh, miles Garrett's going to absolutely recap it. Who's double teamed all the time. So I think all signs here are going to be, you know, pretty positive. I think that he's, I think Deshaun Watson's going to be in a position to, again, good field position. Cause it's going to be a good, pretty good offense, but they're really going to open up. That's the big talk here in Cleveland is it's going to be a completely different offense that we've ever seen, right? They're no longer just going to rely on Nick Chubb. They're going to go a lot of empty sets here and really air the ball out. This is going to be a throwing football team. Uh, and we know just like a running back, how many carries is he going to get? Uh, how many receivers, how many targets is he going to get? It looks like Deshaun Watson's going to be throwing the football a ton. And when you open that up and you have a running back like Nick Chubb, it's going to open that good of offensive line. It's going to open a lot of lanes for Deshaun Watson to run. So for him to average anywhere from 30 to 50 yards per game, um, that's not going to be too 
outside the realm. And that's going to be enough, again, to propel me, propel him in my eyes, to go with those passing yards up in that top five of fancy football quarterbacks. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I got a, a, a heavy share of uh, Deshaun Watson, I guess, market share of Deshaun Watson across my leagues. And it's mainly because I we got the discount last year, or I guess a year and a half ago, you got the discount. And it's hard to ignore that discount. You kind of feel the same way about it's it's kind of the same as Kyler Murray, right? Taking the discount now because you know where he's going to be when he does come back. So I have a vested interest in him. Everything you said was perfect. I hope you're right. Uh, <laughs> I, I need you to be right. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot of shares too, not just because he's a Cleveland Browns quarterback, but yeah, there's a discount. And anytime there's a quarterback, like anytime there's, if I play Superflex, which is most of us play now in the own industry, the Superflex leagues, any window that opens up on a quarterback that I know is going to be a starter, like I'm buying, like I'm buying that discount. You know, that that's the game we play in dynasty. Like we're looking for those discount windows. That's the biggest thing we're doing. We're all, we're all bargain bin shopping. You know, that's what we're all doing out here. We're trying to find that deal. Like, Oh, it's like my wife, like, Oh, I saved us so much money, uh, by spending all this money. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I understand what you're trying to say. Not really. Um, and I'm the same boat. You know, uh, I bought all those discount of shares. Uh, I could have Deshaun Watson and you're right. I think Kyler Murray fits in that category very well right now. Everybody's everybody's down on him, but everybody's down on him. And just goes like, Oh, he's not gonna be the Cardinals quarterback anymore. He's not gonna be the car. Okay. Guess what? He'll be somebody's yeah. quarterback. That's for sure. I mean, when he goes out there, he produces like he, he didn't get that huge contract just because they felt bad for him. They're like, Oh man, you know, we got to put this guy on a pedestal so we can see off the offensive line and we can feel good about him. So for me, I mean, yeah, there's a good buy window right there. Cause Kyler Murray, people don't even know if he's going to play. And right now, like, I love that rumor. Like, Oh, he might not play at all this year. He might not all play at all this year. Like what a huge discount you get. I mean, you could probably get Kyler Murray in some leagues for a future first and that's it. Just yep. a first for Kyler Murray, which is pretty crazy. And that's where, I mean, honestly that when Sean Watson, um, first set out and then all that news came out about, um, his, you know, his allegations, you know, that's what you can get Sean Watson for in some leagues. You can get him for a first. I know not off you. Cause I tried to buy him. Off. I tried to get him off of you. Uh, and you kept denying all my offers. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> our leagues, I don't yeah. have Sean Watson. Okay. <laughs> so do you have any other quarterback I guess Hurley is Hurley went to the potty. He's back now. Oh, you know, I just had to take the Browns of the Super Bowl. Nice. I heard uh, Rich talking about it. It got me <laughs> thinking. <laughs> well, I'm glad I was able to motivate you. <laughs> yeah, Rich. So we got Purdy. We got Purdy and Watson for you. Do you have any other quarterbacks to add to the uh, fearless forecasts list? Or is that good? That's, that's, a, lot yeah, that's a lot of quarterback talk. talk. Do you? Good. I know I you got a couple more. Uh I, I I do, but I feel like we can move because my next one's going to be Desmond Ritter again. Again? Yeah, I just <laughs> I'm so high on him. Uh, no, oh my I, God, you are. You're more like same, you're so high. Yeah, the same conversations around Desmond Ritter and Brock Purdy. I feel around Sam Howell, but less. I'm less confident in the offensive line in Washington as I am with Brock per even though the 49er offensive line sounds like it's getting a little bit worse worse for the wear but Sam Howell is different than Desmond Ritter and Brock Purdy in the fact that this guy actually can get you five points on the ground on a weekly basis so he's Daniel Jones light as it stands right now so I can see 
like ESPN has him projected at 344 yards rushing. If he plays all 17 games, that number is way too low. So do I think he's going to play all 17 games? Washington's not going to have a chance, I don't think, this season. Um, even though their defense is solid, I just don't know if they have enough to get it done. Assuming Sam Howell isn't top 12. But if he somehow is, they do have a chance. But I look at at um, at Howell as a guy that's probably going to get you an average. I, I would be surprised if he didn't hit 500 yards rushing per game in 17 games. And per game, that'd be Madden numbers. <laughs> so if Sam Howell gets you 500 yards rushing, I think he obliterates his current projection and where he stands at quarterback 29. So I think Sam Howell will also finish as a top 16 quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he ran the ball a ton when he was at UNC. He ran the ball 14% of his dropbacks um, back at UNC. So this is somebody that's very um, familiar with running the ball. And he averaged about, you, you said those points of three, like he averaged about five points at UNC. Now that's UNC, uh, but it just shows that he's able to do it. And we don't know what's going on Terry McLaurin's toe. It's not like they're like loaded there with weapons in Washington. Uh, the offensive line's not as good. And like you said, even though you're not, as excited because the offensive line is good. Sometimes when offensive line is not good, you actually get more rushing uh, attempts at a quarterback. You're just trying to save your life. So you're on the move. Um, and he, you're right. He's kind of like a poor man's Daniel Jones. I actually do like him as another like fearless forecast quarterback. And he, he he's pretty, pretty out there. You know, that's like, if you, if you, I bet if you Googled what's the number one bold prediction at quarterback, I bet Sam Howell's name pops up. Yeah. It, it's a good, um, it's a good crush. It'll rely on there. Yeah. So I guess he's no longer bold. He's just a you're no longer fearless. He's just a predict uh, prediction. But um, I think it's I think it's pretty fearless though. Like he is kind of a he is a little bit of a risky fart. Like if the are they going to change your names back to the Redskins? By the way, I saw rumors about that. I think that was just is it made commentary. up? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think oh, that's actually going to happen. I wish they did that. But if Washington starts losing some games, like I could see them maybe quickly pressing the preset button. Get it? Preset. Oh, instead nice. of Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, it, I mean, I don't like, think there's a. Po- uh, I don't even think there's a point to even like reset there. You know I mean, it's like just ride with what yeah, you got. And yeah. Get, at that point, like hope you lose. Like I mean, honestly, with this quarterback class, like if I'm an NFL owner and like I feel like we're not going anywhere, like I'm, I'm, like I'm not, I'm not pumping the brakes. Like I'm hitting a gas pedal. Like keep taking me to nowhere land. Like I want Caleb Williams. I want Drake May. You know what I mean? Like. I want somebody that's going to make a difference here um, for my football team. And I mean, Kayla Williams last year looked like he's uh, was something special. And like, even after his first game, I mean, my partner, uh, Jared Wackerly thinks he's a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence. Like wow. he, he, he looked that that's good whack. in his first game at USC. He looked that good. So um, I, I'd be okay with just Ryan Sam Howell or any team I have, you know, that's why they're, and that's the number one reason why they're saying they're not going to play Kyler Murray, we were talking about him earlier. It's like, oh, they just want to protect their investment. And also, like, let's just go get Caleb Williams. Let's just go ahead and yeah. reset this whole franchise. Let's eat the money. You know, it's not our money. It's the owner's money. He's got a lot of it. So let's go ahead and eat this money. <laughs> and let's go get a stud quarterback. Because we know that if you get a difference maker at quarterback, we said, like, I know, Izzy, you said earlier, like, oh, a lot of these guys don't make a difference. But the ones that do are the ones that take you to the Super oh, yeah, Bowl. Yeah. Like, they take, like, Pat Mahomes yeah. takes the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Let's not be silly about anything else. Andy Reid's a great coach, Hall of Fame coach, but Andy, but Pat Mahomes takes him to the Super Bowl. You know, we didn't see um, 
we didn't see Alex Smith with uh, Andy Reid out there making multiple Super Bowl trips. So, yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams, guys like that, those are difference makers. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see how well he does. How well? How well? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the Sam Hell? That was okay. good. That was good. Yeah. Like uh, that. That's pretty good. Izzy, do you got any more quarterbacks? Should we move oh, on to move on. the running back position? Yep. All right. I'm going to kick things off with Rich. Rich, you get the first dibs, uh, Joshua Dibs, Dobbs at the running back position. That's that's a quarterback. So that's my segue. Uh, so who do you got for your first fearless forecast for running back? Yeah, so these are the these are the best. These are my favorites to get fearless with, right? Because you could, there, there's so many paths to find an avenue for this position to finish high. So my first guy here that I think um, would be fearless that wouldn't shock me uh, is James Cook finishes as a running back one overall, uh, not running back one overall, but a running back one. So top twelve fantasy football running back. And you know, we we've, there's a lot of signs. Hey, is Dalvin Cook going to go there? Is Buffalo going to bring somebody in? They end up bringing Damian uh, Harrison. Like that's you know, and they have Latavius Murray. Nobody that's really going to come out there and move the needle. And we got to remember, James Cook was a second round pick. Like that's very high for a running back these days. You know, it, that's old school, almost like late first, right? When you go in the second round at running back position. So they invested him not just in their draft and this is a team that mind you this is a team with a super bowl on their mind so they're taking players to help them win and james cook survived this offseason he's the he's the the running back for the buffalo bills and kind of goes back to what i was saying early you know about the, the quarterbacks that rush and his pass catcher running backs is that's what james cook really does well is he catches the football well um gets the outside and we saw last year when he came in over the final six games of that year he was seeing about 10% of the targets uh, from Josh Allen last year. And now you're going to put him in position also to get a lot of carries. And I know Damian Harris is probably going to, you know, vulture a lot of those red zone inside the five yard uh, touchdowns. But I mean, Josh Allen's going to take some of that away. And they bring Dalton Kincaid in there too, in those tight ends. But I think James Cook is going to get enough carries behind the line of scrimmage to go with his pass catching ability that he has the potential to you know, creep into those running back one numbers. And we see it every single year, guys, right? One of those guys that ends up being a running back one that you're like, how did he get in there? Um, and whether it be like a Mike Davis who gets there strictly on just the amount of touches he gets. And that was it. He was able to stay healthy, get all the touches. He was very inefficient. He was very turd Ferg, but he finished as running back 12 on a year for the Falcons just because of what he got. I think same thing with James Cook. He's going to see enough snaps and enough targets and touches and overall touches and see enough uh, total yards from scrimmage that he could be in position to finish as a running back one. I love these guys that come in here and catch passes on a team. Definitely a guy like Josh Allen where you got to focus on him behind the line of scrimmage. I think James Cook is going to be in position as a three-down running back, essentially, for the Buffalo Bills. He's going to get enough carries there and touches to finish as a running back one. I like that. Very fearless. Fearless. I got very it. James fearless. Cook will finish it's, it's, top it's 12. Fearless. Yep, that is fearless. I like that. Um, Izzy, I'm going to go next uh, go just ahead. to kind of flip it around a little bit. Um, I'm my And I've got just one running back, too. I'm, I kind of kept it simple. I, at wide receiver, I, I expanded out a little bit. But um, for my running back, fearless forecast 2023, and this is going to be kind of a surprise to Izzy, maybe because Izzy, over the course of the last several years, you and I have always kind of, we're not homers. We don't bump people because they're the home team. In fact, we, we were always down on Stefan Diggs, despite the fact that he was putting up big numbers in Minnesota before he left. 
Um, we just weren't, you know, we did, we don't give the hometown extra marks for these guys, you know, but my guy is, where this is a going. hometown guy. Alexander Madison will finish the season as a top 10 fantasy running back. Hmm. Fearless forecast. Here's why currently he's sitting at the running back 20 on fantasy football pros. Um, he's got Ty Chandler and Miles Gaskin to compete with. And once again, I'm, I'm going to bring this back. I, you're you're going to be able to tell what, what I was looking at a lot during this, but he has the third easiest strength of schedule out of all the running backs in the, in the NFL in 2023. And just with, with not much competition, a very easy schedule, a team that does like to hammer the ball sometimes. Um, and they've got, you know, playmakers in the, in the secondary, Justin Jefferson, keeping some space, uh, in the, in the, on the front line for him. So I, I just think that, um, Alexander Madison is just going to have a, such a wonderful year. It's going to be a really good test to see if he can take the full load. Um, but this is going to be a real point to prove for the Vikings to see if, uh, not paying Delvin was the right call. So Alexander Madison, top 10. Are you worried about any sort of timeshare there with any of the running backs? Nope. I, I mean, unless they bring somebody in, and I think they were in the market on um, some of the free agents. Um, they just didn't make a move. So I don't really see Miles Gaskin. I mean, how much respect do we have to have for Ty Chandler? A lot of people like him, but yeah, I know I, I get it. I was curious what you thought. Yeah, he's no Alexander Madison. Like, so there was a concern with Alexander Madison cutting into some of Delvin Cook's share, but that just didn't really. Even if, even if there is a little bit of a timeshare, I could see maybe at at worst case like a sixty-five thirty-five type of split. Um, and I, I think he's just going to eat if he stays healthy. Yeah, his nickname should be the President because his name is totally a president's <laughs> name. <laughs> it is a it is a very presidential name. I agree. So. Mine, I'll, I'll follow suit with the RB1 commentary, and I will go with J.K. Dobbins' top 10. And the path isn't as straightforward as maybe Madison's path, potentially, if nothing gets in his way. Um, or, I mean, James Cook just has Damian Harris. I feel like J.K. Dobbins has the same thing. It's just... Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to stay healthy in 2020. He played most of the games, but he was kind of second fiddle for most of that rookie season. 2021, we obviously know that he was he it was a lost season due to the ACL. Then last year, he was really he didn't come back till halfway through the season, and he looked really good. I don't want to say really. I don't want to say he looked really good. He looked ailing every time he ran the ball, but he still produced. He averaged six yards per carry as a rookie. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry last year coming off the ACL injury. If you guys remember, he had issues with that repair. And now he's going into the season relatively healthy. They brought no help in. It's just Gus Edwards. They have Todd Monken now who they're going to pass the ball. They may not run the ball as much, but they're going to pass the running backs more in years past and that's just good news for jk dobbins because gus edwards is a relative zero in the in the pass catching department now dobbins hasn't shown the penchant for being an elite pass catcher but i think he is the best thing that's there and i don't believe in justice hill as the solution so i i think jk dobbins is is right for the pickings here even 
Lamar Jackson, he's only he played 12 games the last two seasons. So if he misses time, they're going to lean heavier on the running backs than they are going to lean on Tyler Huntley. So I think J.K. Dobbins is, I don't want to say, I would say out of my prediction, bold predictions or my fearless forecasts, this one I feel the most confident in just based on how the Ravens are set up for 2023. Wow. Yeah, I I love that. Um as top 10 too, because I think he would be better. You, you mentioned, uh, everything, everything you mentioned, like, you know, he, he, when he got back last year, when he had that knee, uh, injury, he actually went back. Like he didn't look right. He took himself out and when got his knee cleaned up. Cause he didn't feel hundred percent. And when he came back, he felt good. And it showed on the field. You know, if you include that one playoff game, Dobbins came out, he had 505 total yards. Um, he averaged 6.56 yards per carry also in, in that, uh, that um, span of games. And you mentioned Lamar Jackson not playing at the end of the year when the Ravens need him the most these last couple of years. So what are they going to do? They're going to protect Lamar Jackson because they just paid him a lot of money and they're going to need him when he's in the playoffs. So that he, and I know he'd never, I know he didn't get hurt run the football, but you still have to protect, protect your quarterback. So for me, JK Dobbins paired with Todd Munkin, when Todd Munkin, you know, he likes to throw the football to the running back. When he was here in Cleveland, for example, Nick Chubb's career, like targets per game and catches per game is like 2.1, 2.3, 2.4. When Todd Munkin was here that one year, he averaged 3.1 catches per game. And J.K. Dobbins is somebody that, you know, he hasn't caught a lot of footballs there in Baltimore. His rookie year, he had eight, he caught 18 passes. Um, but Ohio State, he did catch 71 footballs. So he is capable of doing it. And the way we look at running backs, a lot of times, the best way to do it is like, Either they can or they cannot, right? Like Khalil Herbert cannot. J.K. Dobbins can. So I absolutely love that one. Yeah, and I'm surprised. Uh, CB, like, I'm going off these protect, uh, these forecasts, excuse me, based off of how CBS Fantasy and ESPN Fantasy have them. ESPN Fantasy has J.K. Dobbins at 29th overall at running back for projection, and then um, CBS Sportsline has J.K. Dobbins at 20. And I just feel like both of those numbers are way too low. So, do I should I go back to back with my other one? Yeah, well, I just had one thing to add. Um, you mentioned Justice Hill, and I feel like that's um, if Alexander Madison was like the president's name, like Justice Hill would be the place that he would live. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's yeah, not that's that. not a forecast. You are yeah, correct. I just uh, that came into my brain, so had to had to say it out loud. So yeah, let's keep let's rattle off the rest of the running backs that you may have on reserve. And then we'll move on to the tight end position once we've uh, touched on those. Rich, did you have any other running backs left that you wanted to cover? I have two. One, one mildly fearless and one very fearless. Like I'm I'm spitting in death's face. Ooh, let's do the mild one first. So then we can, yep, let's save the best for last. Okay. Um, I think a mild one is Jerick McKinnon. Finishes a top 16 fantasy football running back. Uh, goes back to that, that running back catching prowess, right? Like a guy that comes in there and can catch the football well. And... Those guys always find success, whether it be a James White, uh, Tariq Cohen. Those guys always find their ways up there. And Jarek McKinnon is somebody who, if you listen to my podcast, I've been big on Jarek McKinnon forever. When he signed that deal with San Francisco, like I was in love because I thought he was going to be what Christian McCaffrey was going to be doing out there. Um, but with the Chiefs, he's in a really good spot. I, I'm not a big Isaiah Pacheco guy. Uh, I think he's just a big young dude that runs hard, uh, doesn't bring really anything valuable to the passing game. And they don't need to because you got a guy like Jarek McKinnon. When Jarek McKinnon came on from week nine last year, this is somebody that was running back seven overall 
from that point going forward. Um, they're giving the ball. They're giving the ball about nine touches per game, throwing the football a ton. This is a team. Kadarius Tony, who he's such a huge wild card. Will he be on the field? Will he not be on the field? Will he produce? Will he not? And then outside of that, you're talking about Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross. You know, outside of Travis Kelsey, not a lot of like guys that we could put um, historical data into that have proven their NFL worth. And Jarek McKinnon showed me that he could be that guy last year. So I think Jarek McKinnon. If you're looking for a third running back, a flex spot out there for your team, I think he's probably one of the cheapest values you can get out there because of his age um, and the fact that he's not the starting running back, but he's their third down running back, and they're going to bring him on there. And listen, when you're the Chiefs, you're going to score a lot of points. You're going to be in a lot of positions to find success. So I think Jared McKinnon can be one of those sneaky guys that comes out there and, and gives you a top 16 overall finish, strictly just on his pass catching ability. He's one of my favorite just pass catching running backs in the NFL right now. It's, yeah. Decent. I like that. Izzy, I feel like we should um, drum up the suspense and have you list off yours before Rich does his super steamy freaking... Is it a freaking for fearless forecast, not a freaking forecast? A freaking fearless forecast? <laughs> so, fearless. Yeah, yeah. I can I can definitely go. I got a, I got a few, but I'll, I'll rattle them off very... I'll rattle two off quickly, and I'll, my favorite one I will do last. So... I think your favorite freaking fearless forecast. My favorite freaking for, fearless forecast. God, that's a tongue twister. Okay, F four. Okay, so Devin A chain will finish as a top twenty running back this year. I don't know when Jeff Wilson's coming back, and there was some. I was kind of reading through the tea leaves. I don't know if Jeff Wilson's going to even play this year just based on some of the commentary that Mike McDaniels had. So this first four games thing, they're talking about keeping him healthy and focusing on his career. I don't know what's going on with him. I, I heard it was a finger and a, uh, I don't know if it was a back. Uh, it was a finger for sure. But I'm kind of banking on Jeff Wilson either missing half of the season or all of the season. Um, I couldn't find the tidbit that I had read that just seemed like Jeff Wilson was looking at a lost season. And then, as we know, Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy to save his life. So, And he's old now. Suddenly he's, he's old. He's 31. Yeah, and I just view this as the targets that H – he doesn't need a lot to produce a lot. So he just needs enough. And I think he's going to get enough in that offense with Wilson being out for an indefinite period of time and then Mostert not being healthy. I don't like making fearless forecasts, banking on injuries, but I, I feel like if I'm going to do any, it's going to be the Miami Dolphins running back room second to the San Francisco running back room. But Devin A. Chain finishes top 20 due to the room being wide open. And he's got injury problems of his own, but nonetheless, that's going to be my my uh, fearless forecast for him. And then uh, I will just do one more, which is my, I guess my favorite one, just because it's the most unexpected is I think David Montgomery outscores Jameer Gibbs. And not only does he outscore Jameer Gibbs, I think he flirts with top 12 production. That is fairly, I wonder if it's as fearless as yours. And, and the reason why is Campbell is a hard-nosed guy. He's a run-it type of guy. 
the Lions, if you remove rushing, the quarterback rushes out of there, they finished as a top 10 offense in terms of rush attempts. And Jameer Gibbs is going to be used. I don't think Jameer Gibbs is going to be used primarily. I I almost can guarantee he's not going to be used as a primary rusher. I think he's going to be used in space and mismatches and uniquely, which is the way that he's designed to be. And I think David Montgomery sees 225-plus carries. We saw Jamal Williams last year hit 260, and that's due to, of course, DeAndre Swift being hurt. Uh, but they want to run the ball, and Jamal Williams had 17 touchdowns. He eclipsed 1,000 yards, and I think David Montgomery is a better running back than Jamal Williams. I don't think he's going to hit 260 carries, but I think 220, 225 is very reasonable. And I think he will produce year one, but I think he'll be more of a focal point in term, in just terms of total production and how they use him and getting used to using him in year two. So I'm going with David Montgomery outscoring Jameer Gibbs and finishing, I don't want to say inside the top 12, but he's going to be, I think he's going to flirt. I'm going to say top 15. How about that? Rich likes it. I, I will pile on and say that um, while I was digging deep into the strength of schedule stuff, the Detroit Lions actually have the easiest strength of schedule for the running back position in 2023. So Gibbs and Montgomery should both eat pretty easily. And it could be, Izzy, maybe just stacking on top of this, this it could be one of those situations where they just both do really well. You know, I think that that could be a, a likely outcome. Yeah, th- there's a good chance of that. Absolutely. Um, I like the take, though. All right, there we go. Monty outscores Gibbs and flirts with top 12 running back production. Now we're on to the super spicy, freaking for, f- f- fearless forecast. I was almost said faithful that time. I'm going to just start adding words each time. Fearless forecast. Rich, what do you got? What's the super spicy one here? Yeah, if you got to be that fearless, you got to have a little crazy, right? You got, you know, if you're not scared <laughs> of anything, you're, you're a little crazy. So here's my crazy fearless uh, take. Evan Hall finishes a top, top 24 PPR fantasy football running back. Um, Jonathan Taylor never plays another snap for the Indianapolis Colts again. He's out. You know, Zach Moss, we've already seen Zach. We've already seen Zach Moss in multiple different places with no success whatsoever. Um, we've seen Deion Jackson. He's not really in the passing game involved. He's not very involved in the passing game there. And he, he's just okay. But Evan Hall is somebody who is a very, very athletic running back. I mean, this guy finished in like the 93rd percentile uh, overall, somewhere like nine. I know, I know it's above the 90s in the percentile when it comes to athleticism. And when you look at his game in North uh, at Northwestern, this is something he averaged uh, almost four catches per game. Uh, saw a really good target share. He, he's got good size. And with his pass catching ability and his athleticism behind that line, that's not a good offensive line whatsoever. But Anthony Richardson, what, what really impressed me about Anthony Richardson even coming out was his ability to avoid the rush. Uh, arguably the best quarterback in this draft class that was you know good at in the pocket and avoiding the rush and sensing the rush. And as a rookie quarterback, he's going to be looking for those safety nets, whether it be his tight end, like a guy like Johnny Woods, I think it's to be his pass catcher running back in a guy like Evan Hall. Uh, I think with no Jonathan Taylor with Zach Moss and Deion Jackson doing nothing to excite me. I think Evan Hall is going to be very sneaky and sneak his way into this offense and be that running back 
for Anthony Richardson this year. Does that mean, do I think Evan Hall is a running back of the future and a stud? No, but I think he's going to be, um, I think he's, um, you know, prosper on his circumstances. And this is a team that was really bad last year, right? The defense isn't great. They had the fourth pick overall for a reason. They're in the AFC. The AFC is extremely tough as it is. They're going to lose a lot of football games there in Indianapolis. But when you're trailing down, when you're, when you're trailing consistently week in, week out, what do you do? You have your third down, your pass catcher running back on the field, and you see a ton of dump offs there. Uh, that's the safety net dumping off to that running back. And I think Evan Hall is going to eat up those targets and those um, and those receptions, and it's going to kind of propel him into that sneaky top twenty four running backs. And you know, eight years from now, we're going to look back at like, oh, top twenty four running backs from two twenty twenty three. Like, oh, Evan Hall. That's a, that's a weird one. I remember that year, kind of like the one year where we had. Um, um, oh my gosh, I use his name all the time that we forgot about him in Houston like 15 years ago. Um, was a running back one overall. Oh, Dominic <laughs> never Davis? Played a game. Was it no, Dominic, it wasn't Davis? Dominic Davis? Um, man, now it's gonna bother me. I have his name all the time. Wait, wait, so describe him again. I got this. This is my forte in Houston. Um, you're talking about like 14 years ago or so. Um, uh, oh, uh, Slayton. Yeah. Slayton. Steve yep. Slayton. Oh, Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton. Yeah. Was a running back one. Got all the cut. You know, same thing. Got it. You know, caught a lot of footballs out there in Houston. Uh, got a lot of uh, run. Was like a running back one. Then they drafted. They bring another guy in. It was, um, was it the Arian Foster after that? I think maybe after that. Something no, happened. I don't was, know. Uh, but Alfred he was, was never Lamont heard Green. of again. <laughs> Wally <laughs> Lundy. Hey, can I again. just say something really weird that I, I, I just said that that's my forte? And I think Matt that Forte. that uh, Steve Slayton and Matt Forte were rookies in the same year, so that's kind of interesting in the same draft class. Mm, mm, mm. It all comes together um, in the real end. Real quick, real quick. So just so I can get this tidbit right on my previous prediction. So did you did you guys read the Mike McDaniel comment or see it? Mm-mm. So Mike McDaniel says he couldn't protect himself when they put him on IR, and then he said. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he makes a return this season, but we'll see what his body tells us. Oh, this is the David Wilson stuff. This is the Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. So I th- saw that Jeff. Quote. You did Jeff. see does yeah. that does that does that scream to you that he's coming back after four weeks? No. No. Like so it, it sounds weird like he's never care. heard anything about it, right? No. And all of a sudden I know where he goes on iron. Everybody's surprised by it. So like if it's a back issue, like it's a yeah, it's a good luck trying to come it's back. An abdomen. It wasn't a back. I was miss miss uh oh. So it's a midsection injury and a finger issue. But I wouldn't be it didn't say Stop playing with your belly button so hard, I, you bro. Just don't, yeah, that's a weird weird combo. I agree with Rich. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he makes a return this season. Like so <laughs> he could be in there. He could be just I don't know why Jeff Wilson requires him to throw people for a loop, but maybe he's just trying to play chess. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm just not I'm not vibing with that quote. So, but yeah, your Evan Hall thing. Uh, I can get behind. I think Deion Jackson. I think you're writing him off. I think he's a lot better. But it's a fearless forecast, so I dig it. Hurley, do you have another, or are you Dunzo with the? Dunzo with the, with the running backs. Yep. Uh, no more fearless okay. forecast for the freaking running backs, but we can transition into the tight end position. Uh, maybe I'll kick things off with my fearless forecast of the tight end spot. Um, I this is this is one that I've been kind of baffled by. Like things just kind of always 
when I see this guy's name in drafts, it just kind of makes sense to take him like in the in the late rounds, and I, I don't know why he's being passed over so much. Um, and you guys might scoff at this, but this is a fearless forecast podcast, and it's going to be uh, Tyler Scott. Conklin. Tyler oh, God. Conklin. Maybe it's no, it's kind of another another homer pick, right? Wasn't he? He was in Minnesota for a little bit, wasn't he? Yeah. Tyler Conklin will finish as a top 16 tight end. I'm kind of sticking with that 16 number that you guys started the the show off with. And I just feel like Rogers chip on the shoulder. He's got something to prove. Currently, Conklin's rated, ranked as the tight end 36 in fantasy pros. Um, and all he's got to contend with is Garrett Wilson. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the ball a ton. And the rest of the wide receiver core are just question marks. It's Alan Lazard, Michael Hardman, Randall Cobb, just a whole bunch of like scraps, you know? So I just feel like Conklin will be a constant, um, no pun intended there, but I just don't really see it going any other way. Like a top 16 tight end, like it is what 800 yards and a handful of touchdowns. So yeah, Conklin top 16. That yeah, shouldn't I wouldn't be say that's too fearless. Cause he's, he's 19th. Uh, well, he's the tight end 36, though. He's, so he's projected end, 36. 11, one point. He's projected he's project- 36. Tight end 36? He's tight end 36 on Fantasy Pros for redraft seasonal. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I was looking at... Um, uh, Dynasty or... No, I was looking at uh, ESPN. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Conklin, Fantasy Pros. Yeah, 36. Tyler Conklin. I. So, yeah, maybe... That's just such a wide array of rankings there. If ESPN has them that high, that's wild. Yeah, I wouldn't be afraid at bumping them higher, but I'm, I was just going off of Fantasy Pro, so I'm going to stick with my guns. Okay, let's see what CBS has. CBS has it closer. Yeah, he's way back, way down there. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. So I'll do mine, and then, and then we can move to, out of curiosity, where is Greg Dulcich in Fantasy Pros? Oh, that's right. That's your guy we talked about last week Dulcich yeah. 16 16 I'm going to I'm going to subtract I'm going to cut that in half I was only I was almost going to subtract 10 I think Greg Dulcich finishes as a top 8 tight end I could see him you know what forget it we're going top 6 Greg Dulcich top wow. 6 Wow We're going to Greg Dulcich top 6 just cuz I'm I, I need a, I need Top an Evan Hall. Six. I need I need to push the Evan Hall thing a little bit. So I don't buy the Troutman thing at all. I think that's a scam. Uh, it's like an NFT. The you look at the Broncos. They have Corlin Sutton and Marvin Mims. Jerry Judy's hurt. They need and Dulcich had one of the better. You know, yards per route run numbers in the, over the last handful of years. I think Dulcich is a really, really good tight end. I'm surprised, too, because when he came out at UCLA last year, a lot of people were excited about him. He was being drafted in the second round of rookie drafts. He played really well down the stretch. And we've almost moved him down just because Sean Payton said Troutman's tight end one. Troutman's not going to be tight end one, especially after Judy goes down. And they've talked about using Dulcich in the Joker role. I think Dulcich breaks out. I, I, I just don't see how they can av- 
afford to let a pass catcher like that, a weapon like that, to just ride the pine for Adam Troutman. So I'm taking a shot that Sean Payton's just BSing and Dulcich is going to eat this season. Greg Dulcich, top six. Yeah, that's spicy. Rich, I mean, Izzy kind of set the stage for some spiciness. I feel like you got to come out swinging. Yeah, I'm about to drum, draw some hair, habanero on this, uh, <laughs> this right here. My uh, fearless prediction, uh, fearless forecast here at the time position is Tyler Higby finishes as a top three overall fantasy football tight end in PPR leagues this year. Uh, this is somebody who we saw last year, saw 108 targets for the team. And that was like nobody at the quarterback position. Now you're throwing Matt Stafford back on that field. And, you know, this Cooper Cup hamstring injury, the fact that he's not even with the team, like he's seeing specialists, like hamstrings are already, like if you get a hamstring injury early, like those linger. They linger for a long, like almost a whole season, right? Like when that hamstring goes bad, like you're in trouble. And Cooper Cup is not even with the team. He's seeing specialists. We don't know when he'll be back. And now that Matt Stafford's back on the field, those 108 targets that already made Tyler Higby uh, tight end six last year. So tight end, he was tight end six last year. I think his targets are going to go up even more this year. No Cooper Cup. You got Van Jefferson, Ben Skowernuck, Kukanakwe out there. Do you take a flyer on any of those guys too, like on top of your Higby prediction? Yeah, I mean, I really like Van Jefferson's um, route run ability. The Rams are talking up Kukanakwe like he's he's the next (laughs) Justin Jefferson, I feel like. I mean, not that bold, but I mean, they're they're, they're really putting out there like, hey, this kid's going to be involved. Ben Skyronek's a big kid. Um, he's like six foot four. But I mean, Tyler Higby is going to be the only one, you know, outside of like, say, Van Jefferson, but even I don't know how much that rapport is that has a really good rapport with Matt Stafford. This defense is going to be absolutely atrocious. Um, it's going to be bad. The Rams are going to be really bad. People are sitting there talking about, oh, the Cardinals are going to have the first overall pick. What are they going to do with Kyler Murray? The Cardinals are going to have the first overall pick. I really think the Rams are going to give give them a run for their money um, for that first overall pick. And they, I think Caleb Williams has a good chance to stay right there in Southern California, right where he is, and not go far and go right over to L.A. Rams Stadium. So I think Taylor Higby, who already um, was a product of the situation he was in last year, now with no Cooper Cup again uh, to in the beginning of the year, I think he's just going to eat and see a ton of targets from Matt Stafford. I wouldn't be surprised if that 108 targets goes up to 150 targets this year. If he can catch 100 footballs right around there and he breaks that 1,000-yard mark, he's a top three overall fantasy football scorer. Um, I don't think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns, but still, I mean, I, I mentioned Ben Skyronek's a big kid, but like he's going to be their best red zone threat. Um, I don't trust Cam Akers that much, and even still, I think they're going to be so far behind, it's going to be hard to run the football a lot when you're in L.A. there. So my uh forecast here is Tyler Higby finishes the year as a top three overall fantasy football t- tight end in PPR leagues. Wow. There you go. Spicy Izzy, do you have any additional tight ends to add on? Should we move on to the final position? Yeah, I'll say Jake Ferguson top 16. And I'll just leave it at that. I think I think Jake Ferguson's um going under the radar right now. As opposed to over the radar. Was the over the radar? I like that. Okay, uh, moving on to the final position of the Fearless Forecast Podcast 2023, uh, the wide receiver position. I feel like this is going to be um, some significant meat. So let's start things off with Izzy. Izzy, we started with you, and we're going to finish with you. So, like, who is your first 
fearless forecast for the wide receiver position. Can I can I use Deontay Johnson every season, or is that not is that not a thing? Yeah, I feel like you've you've had him consecutive seasons, like at least two or three for sure. We're going back to the well, baby. We're going back <laughs> to the well. All you gotta do is score seven touchdowns. He's in it. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Johnson is going to finish as a top eight fantasy wide receiver this year. That's a fearless forecast for you. And I, I feel like wow. I give the same exact reasons every time, but the guy is a target hog in an offense that I don't think they have the ability to stay in games running the ball as they have in the past. The defense isn't as good as it used to be. Um, I I really think they're going to lean on the pass game this season, and Deontay Johnson's going to eat. He he's amongst the league leaders every year in um, in targets. He had one touchdown last year. That's going to change this year. I mean, it's it's a it's a variable that you can't necessarily include in in fearless, fearless forecasts, but I feel like you can include it when you're counting them as opposed to um, the. the I look at the one touchdown as saying it's not like we have had in the past where Aaron Jones had that 20 touchdown season or what was it, 19 touchdown season. Yeah, that's going to come down. And then when you have the one touchdown season, you can make the projection that that's going to go up rather significantly. It doesn't need to go. Now you think about it. If it goes up to six, that's 600% more. So Deontay Johnson getting 600% more touchdowns. How good does that sound? Sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 600%. Yeah. So I'm going Deontay Johnson, top eight fearless forecast. Wow. That's a lot. Um, I'll go next, Rich. I'll give you a, a moment to simmer. My first fearless forecast for the wide receiver position is uh, – Maybe a little bit of a surprise here, but I've got Rishi Rice. Is he? I, know, I think um, there's going to be some other Chiefs wide receivers later on uh, for fearless forecasts, but I think that Rishi Rice will finish uh, the season as a, as a top three rookie wide receiver. So out of all the rookie wide receivers, I think he was ranked at eight. I think he's going to finish as a top three rookie wide receiver, and the reason why is I think Mahomes very clearly ranked number one quarterback for a redraft. Um, and there's just no, none of his wide receivers are ranked in the top 45. So that it's just kind of like a wide open array of wide receivers that can just kind of like step up. And I feel like Rich mentioned earlier in the podcast that Kadarius Tony's a little bit of a, a wild card in that offense. And I just think that he's oft injured and that will give Rishi Rice a chance to like step up and maybe take some screen passes to the house. Um, so look at Rishi Rice in the screen game and um, Juju's 101 targets are gone also. Uh, up for grabs. I don't have a lot of confidence in Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, so yeah, Rishi Rice, top three rookie wide receiver. I think I think that's I think that's pretty bold. I feel like okay. the receivers we're gonna have so many. I have I have so many receiver ones that I'm I, I'm excited about. Um, go ahead, Rich. Though you're you're next. I'll let you kick it off first. I have Isaiah Hodgins finished as a top 20 fantasy football wide receiver this year uh, for the New York football giants. This is somebody that the giants, you know, they're desperate for receivers last year and he didn't come over. He didn't start playing from until week 13 on. They, they pushed him from the bills uh, practice squad. They bring him on here. He's a big kid, right? You know, he, he's like six foot three. Um, 
And he plays the outside X at a position because this is a team full of slot receivers, the New York Giants. And their biggest weapon, they, they obviously get Darren Waller. But they're going to throw the football. And if you look what Isaiah Hodgins did with Daniel Jones at the end of last year, pushing them through that playoffs, um, weeks 13 through week 17, they, the Giants sat their starters week 18. He was wide receiver 13 overall. He averaged 15.2 points per game. And I love the fact that Daniel Jones is going to the second year of Brian Dable's offense. And we always see a leap, right? Like when he's, you know, we, it was already fantastic what Dable did his first year. And he, you know, he was a talk of the town going into New York because he did such a good job in Buffalo. And now that Daniel Jones, he, you know, he, he did a real good things with Daniel Jones in his first year. Now that Daniel Jones has a full offseason, a full year in this offense, um, and he, he's got a better grasp of it, he should be able to open that offense a little bit even more. And who's going to be that true X receiver on the outside for the New York Giants? I think it's going to be Isaiah Hodgins. Um, out there you know there's a lot of other weapons Darius Slayton they got Wandale Robinson they got Sterling Shepard but nobody that really like moves the needle um as the outside guy and what he was able to do last year he to me he showed that he can be an, a, a big time receiver a big weapon threat in the NFL and the Giants need somebody to step up outside of Darren Waller to do that and if I have to pick one because you know if you could be the number one guy in an offense or you're gonna put up points I think Isaiah Hodgins is that guy um even in the playoffs, he came out and showed up. Uh, he was averaging about almost 52 yards per game uh, for the New York Giants. But again, those 15.2 points per game, the fact that he was able to come in and score touchdowns for his team, like he, it shows that he was one of their number one red zone threats. Of course, Darren Waller is going to eat into that. But in that span, what he only played, what was it, like five games? He scored, or it's like six games, including the playoffs. He scored five touchdowns. So this is somebody that was going there, almost averaging a touchdown per game. Uh, an offense that takes with a really good offensive line, a good running game, another step forward. I think Isaiah Hodgins is going to be the benefit of that. And then my fearless forecast, he's going to finish as a top 20 fantasy receiver. And right now he's a lot of people is wide receiver fives. He's going to back end of your startup drafts. You, he's something you could trade and probably get for a third round pick, maybe a couple third round picks, depending on how savvy your league is. Um, Not even I'm currently in the middle of a, a, a dispersal draft and the, he hasn't even been taken and there's been, 98 players taken ahead of him. Wow. In a dispersal yeah. draft. That I so. love. And, and, and Izzy, what do you do? Like when you're, when you get that late in the draft, right? You're not drafting guys that are safe or guys that are going to you know, like, Oh, this guy's going to be okay. Like you're just at that point, you're just shooting for upside. Cause these are the first guys off your roster. Right? So you're shooting for the stars because I'd rather know what I have and give me a quicker path to, uh, either keeping them or releasing them. than having a guy that I just don't want to cut because, uh, he's he's something you know he, he's coming there and be a tur he's not gonna do anything for me so to me like a guy like Zayed Hodgins those are the kind of guys that I'm shooting for like the Evan Halls like we mentioned I mentioned earlier like the guys that listen I either know I have something or I don't and I have no trepidation of like cut and bait whatsoever uh, and those kind of guys those are the kind of guys I want in the bottom of my roster I want fluid I want fluidity um and for me Hodgins if you see somebody I mean it even I said top 20. I mean, if Hodgins can come in and be a top 36 receiver, right? That's a startable asset on your dynasty team uh, at top 36. So for me, if he's that number one guy in the, in the X role, then that's where he is. Like, so my bold, my four fearless forecast is top 20. I feel very comfortable with him being a top 36 receiver um, for this, this football team it, 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 in Brian Dable's offense. I mean, this is a team that's going to throw the football as well. So yeah, I feel I, he's a player that I like. I got a lot of shares of him. Love it. Wow. Um, so I'm, can I, I'm going to do a parlay. Is that okay? Can I parlay? 
This is the first ever fearless forecast parlay. <laughs> okay. Fire okay. away with the parlay. I'm going a three man, I'm going a three player parlay at the wide receiver position. And the parlay is Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, and Jahan Dotson all lead their teams in wide receiver pr- production, fantasy points. That is my parlay. Well, both those guys are on my list. <laughs> well, I'm parlaying them together. You can still talk about them as your, as part of your fearless forecast, but I just did a three-receiver parlay, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm bummed that all three aren't Moors. I wish you had three Moors. I know. Elijah, yeah. Sky, you need Chris. DJ Moore. And Chris. Yeah, I'll go Chris damn Moore. it. Well, that Oh, no, DJ... DJ Moore's gonna lead his team in receiving. What a four fearless forecast. Well, <laughs> the parlay, I mean, got, he's the minus, he's the minus two to two There you go. Yeah. That that, you know, just adds a little more juice to the uh the plus the plus. A little more juice, Izzy says. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. More juice. Okay. See what you're doing. That's an interesting one. I like that. Okay, I got that listed. That's a good one. Parlay. First ever parlay. I had Elijah Moore is is one of my fearless forecasts, too. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about him quick. So we know, I think the Browns know, every, the entire world knows what Amari Cooper is. He's a good receiver. He's going to get you your thousand and seven or eight, right? But he's also getting up there in age. And I feel like they have this new toy that they just got, Elijah Moore, that they're going to use in a Debo type role. That's. You don't have to think that. That's 100% fact. It is. Okay. That's all they've is, done in this. In, the in training camp, that's all they've done is use him in a Debo role. He's coming out of the field. He's coming out of the backfield. He's lined up in the slot. He's lined up in the end. He's lined all over the place. I love that. You're just making me honestly. So I'm all aboard the Elijah Moore train. Yeah, I'm all, I'm on the same way. I, um, you know, it's funny when I was in uh, Mexico two years ago, I got the plane. I saw the Browns traded for Amari Cooper. and I was excited. Uh, this year, I was in the Dominican Republic when we traded for Elijah Moore. And at, at that point, I was already like eight daiquiris in, nine daiquiris in. I was, I was, I made a complete fool. I mean, I was, I, I don't think I was a fool, but my wife probably was thought I was like how excited I was to get that the Browns got Elijah Moore because this is a player when I was watching his tape and studying his tape coming out of Ole Miss, like I absolutely fell in love with him. We gave him a first round rookie grade. Um, his speed, his route running ability, his hands are absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I count him like the Vlad Guerrero of um, receivers because he just catches the ball. Like it could be the, the ball could be one inch off the ground, and he's still catching it, right? Like he made the dynamic catches. And the fact that the Browns, like I mentioned earlier, how the Browns, when I was talking about Deshaun Watson, they're going to open this offense up. And they gave a second round pick. Um, I know they just moved back to the third, but they gave up a high second round pick to go get Elijah Moore. That's, you know, that's, that's a pretty high NFL draft pick. Uh, the, the move up and you're right. Amari Cooper's about to be 30 years old. He's owed $20 million. We don't know how the Brown, I mean, the Browns are going to, they're going to need some money. So we don't know how that's going to work out. I, I love Amari Cooper. I hope he sticks around, but Elijah Moore to me is somebody that could be a really good weapon in the NFL. These like in this NFL offense these days, um, the fact that they're going to utilize him all over the field, he's going to get some manufactured touches um, outside of behind the line of scrimmage there and get some rushes as well, but they're going to design a ton of plays for Elijah Moore. And it would not, it's nothing crazy to me if he did out surpass uh, Amari Cooper. It comes to total fantasy football production. He's an electric weapon. He's extremely fast. Uh, 
like I said, with, with this offensive line, with Nick Chubb there and other weapons around him, Elijah Moore is going to see the probably some of the softest corner coverage the team, you know, defense has got to offer here. So for me, I think it, it's definitely a, a pretty fearless forecast. I think he could be a top 18, top 20 fantasy football receiver this year for the Browns. And if he's going to, if he, if he's going to take that step and be the number one receiver in the team, when it comes to total points, now you're talking like high end wide receiver, two numbers. Amari Cooper is a wide receiver one last year. Um, it's gonna be interesting because there's a, a funny stat you, you can see on Twitter today. The Browns have never had back to back 1,000 yard receivers in the history of their franchise since 1944. Never had one. They've only had 10 all time 1,000 yard receivers. Really? Uh, on this Dang. team. So, Mark Cooper is in position to be the first one to ever do that for this team, which is pretty crazy because you're talking about 80 years uh, uh, of football. But Elijah Moore, I think, is somebody. Very excited that like all reports here, like out of Cleveland, if you asked all the beat writers in Cleveland on offense, like who's the most, like who, who would, who wouldn't surprise you to lead this team in offense? They'd all pick Elijah Moore. Um, he was a star of training camp. He was a star of um, this whole off season for the Browns and the way they utilize him. He showed up every single day making plays. So I absolutely love him mm. uh, this year in fantasy football. So he, he's saying that once, once the Browns traded for him, um, a lot of people are looking for that like sell window. Cause there's an opportunity to sell. And I bought him everywhere. I got him for second round picks everywhere. And I feel ecstatic about it. You, you know, you don't have them. Oh, probably in the leagues with you. <laughs> yeah. You got all my, you, you just read all the round players. <laughs> you're like, Hey, here's Pat Mahomes. Give me the Sean Watson this. And you're like, what do you think? I'm some kind of amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hurley, do you got one? I got one. You ready for this? This is, uh, I think I only got, this might, might be, might be my last one. Yeah. Okay. I've got, this is pretty deep. This is pretty spicy. It shouldn't be again though. This is kind of like the Tyler Conklin one where it was spicy, but it's, it shouldn't be. Uh, and it's, it's coincidentally another Homer pick. Can you guess who it is? Uh, Jordan Jordan, yeah. It is not Jordan Addison. Uh, don't tell. Don't tell me it's a Kirk Cousins. No, I mean, Kirk yeah. Cousins doesn't KJ play receiver. Osborne. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I, why I went. KJ, oh, KJ Osborne currently ranked on Fantasy Pros as the wide receiver seventy-one. I think will finish as a wide receiver two this season. Wow, you're out of your mind. That is. <laughs> Who else is going to throw it to? Cousins last season was number four in passing. With 4,500-plus yards, Thielen's gone. Addison is a rookie kid. <laughs> rookie kid. Madison isn't as You're solid the, the passing game as Cook was. Now. What's that? You're the highest-paid tight end in the NFL now. Great. Yep, yeah, great. He's going to be heavily used, but still, Thielen's gone. <laughs> Cook is gone. Madison isn't as involved in the passing game. Uh, lots of targets for K.J. Osborne. Super bold. Wide receiver 71. He's going to be a top 24 wide receiver. 2023. Worst take all night. Okay. Worst <laughs> take all night. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 this is a bold prediction, Rich. I know. There's no bad takes. I know. So, I like this one, actually. I'm good with this. I got, a, I got, on, I got on the ride for every other take. I'm like, yeah, I'll get on this ride. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to wear my seatbelt. <laughs> but yours is like, I'm buckling up. Fuck seatbelts. I'm safe. I don't want to get in your van just because you got candy. <laughs> Can I can I do another parlay, just for fun? Uh yeah, I love the parlay. I this feel like good. it speeds. I got a parlay then too. This I gotta up, do one. It speeds this up because it kind of gets the point across. I'm parlaying Calvin Ridley, Christian Watson, and Debo Samuel to 
all finish. They're all inside of the top 20. They're all going to finish outside of the top 20. And neither will be the wide receiver one on their team. Wow, I like the reverse. You know, like these are not guys you're high. Like these are guys you're low on. I like the reverse. That's that's fun. Especially, the reverse. I do not. I want to talk about this. I do not understand the Calvin Ridley thing. Like even if he does pan out, he's going wide receiver 17. Even if he does pan out, the gamble on that just the 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 process on that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I yeah it does. It doesn't. Go ahead. I'd like for you to to make the case. It's for a good gamble. I, I'm gonna. It's not. That's a. It's not. It's not a get good gamble. It? No, no. You're not. You don't. Oh, get yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, Can I tell you why? Yeah, tell me why. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Like I don't know. I talk about Daniel Jones and Brian Dable's offense. Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the second year of Doug Peterson's mm-hmm. offense, and we saw. Just how well it clicked the second half of the season last year is when Trevor Lawrence just exploded on the scene. He made Zay Jones a viable wide receiver too. He made Christian Kirk a wide receiver one. Calvin Ridley is far and away a better receiver than all two of those guys. And you put him with Trevor Lawrence. He's fast. He's got good hands. He's a very, very good route runner. Same thing. All the beat there in Jacksonville, they're like if you follow the beat writers in Jacksonville from day one is say, man, Christian Kirk's good. Zay Jones is good. Calvin Ridley's just different. Mm-hmm. And it and it shows here on the field. And I think the fact that he's playing with Trevor Lawrence in that offense. And again, so many weapons around him, right? Like Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby. Like he's gonna be in a good spot just to naturally produce there. Um, I think that I think he's a very, very talented receiver. And the fact that, you know, he he stepped away from the game with some mental things and then he got suspended for gambling. Uh it, it's easy to take that away um and and forget how good Calvin Ridley. I mean, Calvin Ridley was for he was flirting with like almost first round startup um draft capital right before, you know, when he was in Atlanta there, uh, before all that stuff happened. And, and when this isn't a Deshaun Watson situation, right? Like where he has to like come in and be the leader of the team and lead that team and be the quarterback. He's just got to run his routes and catch the football and know the playbook. So I understand I understand why you would say that. It's just I'm actually kind of I'm in on Calvin Ridley this year. And it's mostly because of the team he's on and Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's offense. Yeah. I honestly you look at you got Kirk, you got Evan Ingram. Zay Jones played well. You have Calvin Ridley. You have the running backs out of the backfield. It's not like Calvin Ridley is is where when he was the first round startup pick, it was just Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Now it's he's sharing. It was Julio with, Jones too? Julio was was borderline deceased at that point. So, <laughs> like it's it's not like Calvin Ridley is the bona fide there, and there's nothing else behind him, and there it's, this isn't a Justin. Jefferson scenario before they got TJ Hawkinson, where it was like an old Adam Thielen and then KJ Osborne and just Justin Jefferson, right? This is he, Calvin Ridley hasn't played, we haven't seen him play football in a year and a half, and he's on a new team, and there's weapons all over the field for this team. So I just, I don't, I don't get the wide receiver 17 thing. I, I just don't. But, anyways, that's where my, that's where my parlay is. Parlay. Um, this What's episode- it called when you um you pick the horses to all finish one two three uh trifecta the trifecta trifecta 
Can I give you not a parlay? Can I give you a trifecta? Yeah, that would be a trifecta. And then you can box them if you want, if you don't know which order they're going to come in. No, no, I know. That's why I want to trifecta. Okay, Rich, fire off can a give trifecta. You, can I give you the one, two, three? Is that kind of fearless in how I think yeah. they're going to finish the receivers overall? Let's do it. I think it's going to be a little different than most people. My trifecta receiver this year, my fearless prediction forecast, number one overall, Tyree Kill. Number two overall, Garrett Wilson. Number three overall, Justin Jefferson. I love mm. the Garrett Wilson take. He's risen. He has risen so much. Well, good thing it's not Easter. <laughs> <laughs> it will be Easter. Eventually. Eventually. I love that. That's that's uh, very interesting. I like that. That's my fearless forecast. Um, trifecta. That's my intrepid Tri- intrepid trifecta. That's a good it. one. I, I, oh, my intrepid trifecta. Uh, Izzy and I are in, uh, Mosher are going to Vegas in a couple days here in a few days. I might actually just, um, put some bets on Wilson as a wide receiver leader, uh, receiving leader. Who knows? We'll see. Dude, 1,100 yards with that, the quarterbacks he played last year with. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, 17% of his balls were uncatchable from Zach Wilson. And I think the rest of the quarterbacks, like Mike White and them, like it was like 14% of his balls were uncatchable. Like he's just gonna, he's gonna eat. He's gonna, he's so good. He's and you know what? Like I always look back. Like what I loved about Stefan Diggs when he came out is like I, you know, you always look at like pedigree, um, like these five star recruits coming out of high school and yeah. stuff. I mean, Garrett Wilson has been one of those pedigree guys, like the number one receiver in his class. Goes to Ohio State, dominate, you know, dominates at Ohio State. Comes out his rookie year, wins rookie offensive rookie of the year. Like he's just one of those pedigree players, like that's just destined for greatness. Yeah. And I felt bad because I took Kenneth Walker over him in the league, and I had to, and, and I messed up. I done messed up, Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy, this episode is growing a bit long in the tooth. Do you have any others, or can we wrap things up? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you one more. Fearless forecast: Nico Collins, a wide receiver, two, top twenty-four in twenty twenty-three. And I'll leave it at that. I, I just. I think it's. I, I don't. I don't believe in the the Mechi effect. Love the story. I just don't think he's going to push Nico Collins. Tank Dell's a cute story too. I just don't think it's conceivable that he's going to be the wide receiver one. Then Dalton Schultz doesn't move the needle for me either. Uh, I I think that this is a Nico Collins season. Big fan of C.J. Stroud as well. I think he's become the underrated quarterback in this class. Uh, so I'm all in on Nico Collins as well this year. Love it. Uh, Rich, any, any last, uh, fearless forecasts or is that good? No, I mean, is he, I think me and Izzy are like a lot. I have a lot of the same guys. I have Nico Collins written down. I got Sky Moore written down. KJ Osborne yep. written down. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much on all the guys that and obviously had Isaiah Hodgins. Now I'm good. Love it. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this year's fearless forecast episode, a very special edition, a very special thank you to Rich Dotson for joining us. He's doing like 12 of these, uh, this bold predictions podcast. So you'll, you'll hear his voice. I think you're going to be on every single dynasty fantasy football podcast in the next like two weeks, uh, repping the title <laughs> from dynasty nerds. Thank you so much for joining us, Rich. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll check you out. Find us on Twitter guys, at FF dynasty trades. Yeah. Go ahead. Izzy. You guys want to hear something fun? I'm currently in oh, a, sure. I'm currently in a four team start 30 fantasy league right now. Four team? 
four teams start 30. Good lord. We're doing a four team start 30. We're putting big money on it. And it's super flex. We're starting, you can start up to nine quarterbacks. Or excuse me, you can start up to six quarterbacks. You have to start 12 receivers, six running backs, three tight ends, and you have three flex and three super flex. It's going to be, it's going to be a fireworks. That's nutty. What's the hosting platform? Sleeper. Sleeper? Yeah, it's the only one that you could do it on. Yeah, it's the only one you could do it on, but. Wow, thanks for the invite. That'd have been fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to, we'll have to do it a little industry one next year with just uh, me, you, Hurley, and maybe Mosier. We'll have to do one, or we I'm can in. do a nerd nerds versus DTC. Oh yeah, we love that. Oh yeah, start thirty. I like that. That's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.